I still think we should do a sex a sex um podcast a sex ah, podcast. Ah, Just because it's nice. It's a nice voice. You do, more more ladies deserve to listen to ah, it. They ah, deserve ah, to listen ah, to it in ah, more I don't know, relaxing circumstances. I'm leaving this in by the way. This is the start of the podcast. <laughs> The music's just gonna fade out with you saying, "I think, I think you should do a nice, sexy podcast." Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, to discuss the events, issues, and other extraneous things that we come up with, is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Sarah. In, in in a continued inversion of our normal way of doing things, I've just got up and Sarah's just um, got home from a long day at work. So um, we're both going to sound tired, but for completely different reasons. Which yeah, should be yeah. lots of fun. But yes, so yes. In an effort to um, in an effort to lift both our spirits, we're going to start off on a ranting point. <laughs> no, no, no. Should we, should we talk about should we talk about racing first? Because oh, we do okay. have some racing. Yes, because yeah, we are going point. to talk. We prom- as we promised last week, we are going to talk about the CIRC report a little bit. Not 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 like forever because Dan does have to get to work. But um, yeah. So, but we're also going to talk. But there's also been quite a bit of racing. Um, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk Cholet. Let's. Cholet is in France. It's the Coupe de France. Um, one of the things I find really interesting is which races, which which national series have got, have become UCI registered. And I kind of feel like, dear Australia, I think it's your turn next. <laughs> <laughs> because we've talked before about the Lotto Cycling Cup, which is a series of Belgian races, which are all, I think they're all 1.1 this year. And we also had the Coupe de France races, which I don't think, I don't know if all of them are UCI registered, but quite a lot of them are. And they kind of are in this break. Cholet was in this break between the first, you know, we had the first kind of uh, classic season from Omelie Pet Neusblatt through to the Ronde van Drenthe, three races in Drenthe, first World Cup, is quite a hectic period. And so not everyone turns up to Cholet, but it's still a really, really good race. And you can imagine that especially the French riders are out in force in a very big way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yes. you know, I, I mean, look, I, I take your point, but I think, to be fair... Um, it's it's difficult to to get Australia to try and set up um, its own its own series of races that only Australians can win, um, I, and I have anyone else have and have anyone else and have anyone else turn up because <laughs> we either, we either have to do it right at the start of the year, which means that oh. no one else in the world is ready for it, or we have to you know I don't know throw it near Chongming or something so that there's at least a chance yeah. someone's on the right side of the, the world. Yeah, and shove it in. You know, You've got amazing races in Oz, darling. You've got amazing races. Oh, look out. Yeah, no, our our race is fantastic, but, you know, I don't see why that needs to become UCI. That's our gateway racing, you know, program. That's that's yeah. fantastic as it is. You know, you, I think I think really you just have to accept that that there are national and domestic scenes that are just excellent that that you won't get UCI access to. 
oh, but I love them. I think it's because they're lovely. I just want the, all those amazing riders in Aussie to be able to get to be able to get points and be recognised in the same way as riders in France and 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 Belgium and places like that are as well. You know, and there's such great races. I think oh, I love your races. Well, God damn yeah, it! But, I want but, more Australian races. Until until we're invited to join the Euro. I just don't see any reason for us to join the UCI, you know? Like, it just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it myself. Your boys race as a UCI, anyway. Dan and I have a long history of arguing about this. And once, we, once we actually nearly stopped talking, talking to each other forever about this matter. So I think we should oh, move really? on and well, talk about Chalet. Forever? I was just going to give you the silent treatment until Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know my short attention span, Dan. Christmas is forever away. <laughs> True. Actually, I'm surprised you haven't given everyone a countdown to your birthday yet. So, yeah. Oh, well, it is coming up. But yeah. so is yours. It's only like That's seven just... weeks to Sarah's birthday. See, Dan says this every year, but he only, because he's born a week after me, not in the same year. Because no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't born. I, I was assembled myself... in a lab. I willed myself into existence and then created the universe around me. <laughs> you were assembled in a lab out of ah! spare parts. <laughs> out of spare parts. That actually explains so much. So and, and much. Tr- including, why three you, seconds. including why just before we started recording, you spent ages telling me that my voice is my best asset. <laughs> no! And that, no! And that, you said your voice that if your someone could asset. have a disembodied relationship with only my voice, I'd be you know the most relatable man in the world. It was very cruel of you. I don't understand why you felt the need to start off like that. But I've always said that you need to do more podcasts, and and you know, I always just I've always thought that Dan should read stories aloud as a podcast. I think <laughs> yeah, there's a real audience yeah, for that. Be honest about the kind of stories you think I should read. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we talk about the stories about <laughs> So it's 29-kilometre circuit around Cholet, where, um, four laps of this circuit with climbs in every lap. And they basically were all together until the third lap, and then 19 riders got away. And it was um, tons and tons and tons of, of basically, of yeah, you've got this small group. And then you get this small group reducing and a final attack, and there was a final attack of three. Which was Audrey Cordon Rago from Wiggle Honda, Amelie Ravat from uh, Am- Amelie Ravat from Vienna Futur. Oh God, what's they called this year? They're called Futuroscope, but I can never remember their name. They are Poitou Charentes Futuroscope and Miriam Bjornsrud from High Tech Products, and it was won in a sprint by Audrey Cordon. And I am so pleased for Audrey, actually, because she's one of those riders who continually works for her teammates. She did this all through High Tech. She attacks and attacks. We saw her supporting um, Elisa Longo-Borghini in um, her quest to get the third place in Strade Bianche, and we also saw her support Jolene Dora in, to win the Ronde of Andrenta. So it's just lovely. It's a lovely, lovely thing. And, and you know, she's French and her t- Wiggle teammates are obviously working really hard for her to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so Cordon first, Rivat second, Bjornsrud third. And then coming in, in, a, in, leading, in leading the rest of that small group was Jolene Dora. Um, again, another wiggle. Um, yeah, it's a fun race. And big shout out to Molly Weaver of Matrix, yes. uh, Matrix who came eighth. 
and yeah, it's it's and Shayla Gutierrez um, of uh, of Lowentech who is seventh. There's some really fun riders there, and it's a, you know, it, it's it's a really good race. Yeah, I love it. Mm, absolutely. Um, and there's a great great interview with um, Audrey on Cycling Tips um, about the team tactics afterwards and how it was always their their plan um for for her to be the the protected rider um and and how they did it uh so we'll we'll include a link to that but it's worth reading the interview um yeah, yeah. there's videos too there's video there's a little bit of video of the race which is you know what we like so all of that will be on our blog where will it be daniel pro womencycling.com <laughs> you again Ah, no. See, that's what that's what Sarah wants me to read over and over again. <laughs> just, just wants me to say the the URL for our website repetitively, but in you know no, in no, variations of a sexy say, voice. I want you to say. I want you to say classic Australian phrases. I mean, I know all about Australia. I grew up watching Neighbours. <laughs> Oh, 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 I was just thinking from Strictly Ballroom as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, can you say Pan Pacific Grand Prix for me? What? Can no, you say ser- Pan seriously. Pan Pacific I'm... Grand Prix for me. Pan Pacific Grand Prix. Yeah, but say it Australianly. I just did. But with like a question mark at the end. Oh, so he just, he's just, he, listener, what can I do? I try, he just won't, ah, he just ah. won't, he won't say yeah, yeah. the I'm meaning in, things on the airwaves for me. So um, we had uh, Chalet de Pays de Loire, which is awesome. We also had the Cape Epic, and I love the Cape Epic. There's only one word to describe the Cape Epic. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> they put it in the title of the race. So It's amazing! It's <laughs> insane it's completely ludicrous this race i love it so much mm-hmm. but it's it's, it's for those who days. don't know they start this race off by setting you on fire and um and then you have to attach a bear trap to each of your legs before you're allowed to clip in so that's the intensity level it's 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 basically they're riding through they ride in, in teams in pairs basically you got a men's race a women's race and a mixed race Hanka Kupfenagel was in a mixed race I love Hanka Kupfenagel and yeah and they basically ride across South African landscapes and it's just unbelievable like just the landscape is incredible the race is incredible it's really really grueling and tough and you know hot and dusty and cloudy and you know you literally have to wade through rivers that may or may not have crocodiles in them and it's it's really interesting from a women's cycling perspective actually because it's equal it's equal prize money and it's equal distance for the women's pairs the men's pairs and the mixed pairs Mm. and it's it's and it's an interesting race because they obviously encourage a lot of people to come and do it like so at the front end of the race, you've got like some of the best, you know, some of the top mountain bikers in the world and stuff like that. Um, but then you also have lots and lots of people who just do it as a challenge for themselves. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's, it's quite interesting like that. So as a result, they have an absolute ton of media, like like really like tons of little video clips, tons of little, um, you know, tons of photos, tons of everything basically. So because they're, you know, because they're advertising, it's advertising for the race because, you know, they, they get to pay, you, you get to pay to go and take part in it as well as, as well as the, you know, massive races. But they also had um, Specialized have been, were sponsoring the top women's team 
uh, Annika Langbird and Ariane Kleinhans. And so, yeah, that was that was so they had their own videos as well, which is, you know, it's nice. It's nice. It's great. And um, yeah. And oh my God, I was in, I'm in awe. I am in awe of them because this is really super, super tough racing. And yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and... Gorgeous. But, and, but that's that's exactly the trade-off, isn't it? You get some amazing, you know, imagery out of it as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they had, and the thing about Kleinhans and Langbad were winning right from the start. And then one day in the middle of the race where they were doing, there was something like eight hours ahead or something ridiculous. And they um, were judged to have gone off course. And the specialized team, RECM specialized, obviously said, hey, it's not their fault the course was badly marked. But um, yeah, so they basically had this massive time penalty put on them. And then the next day they came back and won it. So in the end, they only won it by um, one hour and 18 minutes and 12 seconds over Jenny Stenahag and Robin de Groot. Um, but actually, given that they were, given that this was after they had this enormous time penalty, that's impressive. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then Yolanda de Villiers and Janka Kesig-Stefkova in third place for Sassol Racing. And over on the mixed side, it was won by Peter Vessel and Yvonne Kraft with Nizar Mesa and Catherine Williamson from as a, uh, from in second. Catherine Williamson, she's a Brit, so Brit watch people. Woo! Um, yeah, and then a French team, Jean-Francois Boisler and Coralie Redelsberger. Redelsberger, I can't say that in a French way, but you know. But yeah, and Hank Kutfelag will come in fourth. Woohoo! With Carsten Bressa. So, yeah. Um, tons and tons of it. And I had a bit of a mountain bike rabbit hole last week because last week was nothing but amazing mountain bike videos all the time. Yeah, you you were finding all sorts of crazy stuff. Like um, I think the the one I liked the best um, was the the um, custom uh, what they call it pink bike. I think they called fat it fat bike. Yeah, yeah which was the the fat, fat bike, bike for the snow. Um, in, yeah. In was it Germany or Austria? Somewhere it was, it was in Bavaria in Germany. Now yeah. I said Dan. Dan's a bit snippety about mountain biking, and I, I, I uh, really I I'm I'm not. I like as I said to you, I'm I love mountain biking. I just don't I just don't follow the mountain bike racing as assiduously as you do. That's all. But I have no yeah. issue with mountain biking. I mean, it's it's much more. It it has twice as many turn options as track, for example. Ha, ha, ha. But I would say to Dad, if he couldn't fall in love with mountain biking from this blonde, um, blonde German woman uh, talking in German about riding on her bright pink fat bike through the snow to go ice fishing to catch some fish that she then cooked on top of a mountain and then and, and has her own beer sponsor. Then, yeah, I was like, if this can't make Dan love mountain biking, nothing will. Well, the interesting thing is that that of that long list of things that, that you believe would, would you know, in in uh, capture my love forever, one of them was the bike. Only one was the bike, and it was very quickly glossed over. So I don't know what you're trying to say about mountain bike, but I personally found the bike build really interesting. So... <laughs> The bike build video was fantastic, wasn't it? It really was. It was. It was very cool. Um, just the all the different things and that they that they put into it and and stuff. I mean, it's nothing crazy or or unusual, but I always find bike builds pretty interesting. Um, but I did like the whole theme for the video and um, <laughs> the ice fishing, even though it was fake. Um, <gasps> 
<laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It's so mean. <laughs> but she did make her own hot tub to sit by the to, to sit and drink her beer in by the lake in the last shot. What? You're Isn't just you're last... just making that up. No, the last shot. She basically got they they basically got this giant barrel and and casted it down to a lake, filled it with water, lit a fire underneath it, and then she was just sitting in it, enjoying herself. I, I obviously I stopped before that happened because I have no recollection of that, and that is just so utterly bizarre. But I will I will investigate further and report back. Yes, um, other mountain bike videos. Rachel Atherton and her brother G and her brother Dan videoed in training in Mallorca and I'm obviously quite happy because she was talking about, Rachel was talking about how bike, how helmet cam <laughs> revolutionised her training and her approach to racing and is the best <laughs> thing ever. And I was watching you going, yes, yes, Rachel, yes, yes, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, I you colour us absolutely surprised nay even shocked about that when when the whole point of head to head was to to reveal to riders exactly where they needed to shore up their uh their their training oh, did you see the oh malaga they went to new york there in malaga did you see the um pictures of their new bikes no. Oh, they're sexy. Oh, they're so sexy. Um, they've got new bikes. They're new GT, the brand new GT Fury. And while G's is um, the old school bright neon yellow, Rachel's is this amazing shade of teal that's just gorgeous. And you know when you look at a bike on a picture, you go, oh, hello, bike. <laughs> You're beautiful. Yep, yep. I know. Will really you be my friend? <laughs> I I know all about talking to bikes. Yes, yes, it's true. Oh, I was looking at that picture and thinking, oh, I wonder if that bike wants to be my friend. Ah. <laughs> I wonder if I've got a couple of grams to buy that mountain bike, <laughs> even though I'm banned from riding mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so, laughs> Anyway, I think I'm distracting myself from the CIRC reports. Yeah, well, uh, and look, to be honest, I can understand exactly why you would do that. It's uh, it's not not exactly a um, a fantastic uh, discussion point if you're looking for light-hearted and uplifting conversation. Yeah. So, so tell you what. So we are going to talk about CIRC. But we are afterwards going to talk about light-hearted and uplifting stuff because the Trofeo Binder World Cup's on and the Paracycling Track World Championship is on and streamed live. So, yeah, so um, so if you don't want to listen to the CIRC report, fast-forward by about, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> don't, though, because you need to hear about this. This is kind of really important. Yeah. So, and- and annoying so you know just uh, i tell you what go if, if you want a mild distraction go to um your email client and open a new email message addressed to uci and, <laughs> and then we'll just give you choice phrases to insert in your angry email 
Yeah, so the CIRC report, if you don't know it, it is the Cycling Independent Reform Commission, which was set up by the UCI to conduct a wide ranging independent investigation into the causes of the pattern of doping that developed within cycling and allegations which implicate the UCI and other governing bodies and officials over ineffective investigation of such doping practices. So you've probably read about this because there is tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of media about all the doping stuff. And, and to be fair, the report was set up about doping, to talk about doping. But it does write sure. down on page but it does on page seventy have a specific section oh, about women's cycling. This, this is my first thing, like that just fucking kills me. Is that in a in a I can't remember the exact number of pages the report is in total, but let's say it's a four million page report. Um or, <laughs> or more realistically, you know, just under a hundred. Um but in a in a you know just shy of a hundred page report, um, the sum total of commentary about women's cycling is give or take six paragraphs. Yeah, well, not yeah six, but it's got the paragraphs on page seventy, and then it's got three other ref- references to women. Yeah, because I um, because I actually you know I'm 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 I, well. My control F is my friend. Ah. <laughs> I did a, I did a, I did a kind of scientific study of it <laughs> based on search terms, and there are actually, apart from on page seventy, three other references to women in this report. And I mean, yeah. So first of all, I'm going to start so, by saying, so, I absolutely... so quite literally, the most comprehensive report into women's cycling that the UCI has <laughs> ever conducted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will acknowledge that it's a doping report, but okay, and I just probably need to start before we start talking. I probably need to say a little bit about my background. So I am, I was for many years, a, I worked for children's charities, children's hospice charities, and then I was a civil servant and I worked in urban regeneration and all sorts of things like that. I've worked on, uh, you know, drugs and crime and community cohesion and things like that. So reports and stuff are part of, you know, something that I've written many of and, you know, read critically many of them. And I think one of the things that I find interesting is is that it doesn't, if, if you do find things out on your travels as a, as a report writer, I kind of feel like it's important to kind of say, yeah, and we also found these and we recommend that you're going to do something about these things, um, which didn't happen in this i mean you you come from business is that your case from a business standpoint do you think well yeah like like generally speaking uh, i mean it's it's that it's that broader responsibility to the commissioning organization isn't it that if you discover something that's tangential to the focus of the report you still have to mention it you know and reference it because you have an obligation or a duty to you know, that, that commissioning body to say, actually, we also discovered this. It's not the focus, so we didn't devote time to it, but you need to put some more time into it. You mm. know. And I think it's particularly interesting. So shall we, do you want to read it or shall I? Look, the, the, the I'll, three paragraphs. I'll, I'll read the three paragraphs. Um, so I do is, like hearing you read. Things. Yeah, exactly, because, because you love it so much and, um, you know, and and – believe that my makers, you know, were, were focused on this outcome. Uh, so from page 70 of the CIRC report, women's road cycling and other cycling disciplines. The commission regrets that it did not have more time to examine all other cycling disciplines as it believes there are valuable parallels to be drawn and reasons to be examined as to why a discipline does or does not have widespread doping within it. 
The commission did, however, briefly examine women's elite road cycling. It believes that it is underdeveloped and potentially offers a great opportunity for cycling. The commission found that doping occurs in women's cycling, although it most probably is not as widespread and systematic. This is likely because far less money is available in women's road racing currently. The commission was told of doping at the highest levels nevertheless, and it is logical to assume that when women's cycling is finally developed to a status comparable to the men's sport, it will attract the same problems as the men's unless steps are taken now to protect it from that fate. The commission was told that women's cycling had been poorly supported in past years and was given examples where riders in the sport had been exploited financially and even allegedly sexually. The commission was told that the managers were often from male cycling and were not of a quality to get a job in men's road cycling and that glaring opportunities to recognise women's cycling for its potential were tainted by a male-dominated sport that failed to realise the potential of women's cycling. That's... That's so interesting, isn't it? There is mm. you almost you read that. I mean, obviously, the thing that is that leaps out is that exploited financially and even allegedly sexually. But I reckon we should start at the top and work down. Yeah, because there's yeah. almost so much in it's there's so much to talk about in this well, section. That's it. You know, for for three paragraphs, they managed to pack a hell of a lot of what the fuck did you just say? Why didn't you expand on that? I know, I know, and this is why I was expecting. So I was expecting when I was doing my control F's when I was doing my search. Um, I was like, and I searched in a number of different ways. I was totally expecting at the end that blah blah blah. Here's a page of recommendations, and one of the recommendations is, "Holy fuck, we look at women's cycling." And actually, let's look at other disciplines too, because it does go on to talk a little bit about mountain biking. But as far as I'm aware, there's nothing about cyclocross and track and you know bike ballet, um, you know, in, in it. That's um, so it's kind of like so it's kind of interesting. So that is that's it. That, that that's a kind of first thing because you almost kind of think, well, actually, yeah, we should be looking at are we is there is there you know are there problems in other in other parts of the sport and yeah. and what can we do to kind of always have a unified approach across the sport because saying for example blah 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 biological passports is is hard enough when it only counts for the men you know mm. full stop but then you know then should it be counted in the in the in the mount in, in, in other disciplines yeah yeah is the rate is the testing regime and especially when lots of riders do cross cross Disciplines you know, these cross, days. Cross yeah. disciplines, exactly. Yeah. So something like ZDNX Stiba, for example, is a really, uh, you know, important Lars van der Haar from the men's cyclocross. But, you know, there's mm. tons of trackies. Eli, Eli, you know, yeah, Elia Viv- yeah. Viviani does track and road. And, and, and there's, yep. yeah, it's not, it's not like they exist. And I kind of find that quite interesting that, I mean, men's, and when I say men's road, obviously I mean men's world tour road, you know, the top, yeah, top, top yeah. men. Because you don't, I, I, I kind of think, you know, because then what is happening at Conti level and pro Conti level and, and, and there's anyone, you know, because, yeah, anyway. So paragraph one, blah, 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 did briefly examine women's cycling, believes that it's underdeveloped and potentially offers a great opportunity for cycling. Tick, yes, we can get behind that, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, to be perfectly honest, the editor in me is like, why the fuck is this paragraph even in here? It doesn't actually say anything. <laughs> Yeah. So the next, so the next sentence. So the, the the commission found that doping occurs in women's cycling. Yes, of course. I mean, you just have to look at it. I mean, last year, for example, um, Olga Zablinskaya was was caught for was caught for um, 
mm. was caught with ad- adverse reactions. And we've got a couple of riders who are just back from bands. Rasalela Vaita is back from an EPO ban. And um, obviously we know um, Hannah Solovey yeah. um, was, was done for steroids at just 19. So, you know, I've never said that there's, there's not doping in women's cycling. And actually, the interesting thing is one of the loudest voices complaining about this has been Mariana Voss. Yeah, yeah. Who's been talking about how she wants more dope, to, more 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 anti-doping testing? She wants more tests. She's tested because she wins. Because you're in the top three of the the podium are tested when you know when you win, and then some random riders, yeah. But she wants more testing, yeah. Even though yeah. she's already being tested and is tested by the Dutch Federation, yeah. Because but, you know, but, she, but she for wants... example, by comparison, you, you you know, I don't recall from memory, um, you know. Any, any, for example, just you know, pulling, pulling an example out of the hat, random Texans calling <laughs> consistently for more, more dope testing. No, no, uh, not at all. And yeah. then actually, you hear Britain, you know, the Britons don't do it either. They kind of complaining about, oh, you know, it's so uh, uh, onerous and it's, it's you, none of you trust us and la la la. <laughs> so it's interesting because you know when you have and you have Nicole Cook, of course, is very vocal about this, and that's because she was of an age with Genevieve Johnson, the um, young, uh, and we'll come on to Genevieve uh, later. But she, you know, the young. I think Genevieve never rode clean. She said that she never raced clean when she was from mm. being a junior onwards because. She was fed EPO from when she was a really young girl. Yeah. So okay. So so yes. Yeah, so we can grab. So yes, we'll agree. And I also agree that doping is not as widespread and systematic in the women's side. And one yep. of those reasons. And their reason is really interesting. This is likely because far less money is available in women's road cycling, and it's blah blah blah. And it is logical to assume that when women's cycling is finally developed to status comparable, it will attract the same problems, unless steps are now taken to protect her from that fate. Yeah, and and that's the one. Like, I really wish they'd done something to to emphasise that end of the sentence because you read like it's a long run on sentence and it's a problematic sentence because it it, it sets it up as if it's a soft advocacy for not developing women's cycling. Yes, yeah. And I've heard this before. Like I've literally been asked this before. People have asked, and 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 we and it comes up in conversation that. That people say this, that, that actually it's an excuse not to pay pay women more. But I'd argue that actually, while you could say, I mean, so so yes, there isn't. I don't think there is the great big team level doping. I think on you know teams that are dodgy, teams that teams mm. are dodgy. But I don't think you'd have like I you know if I found Velocio Sram or 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 I don't know Rabobank were like taking their riders off to dodgy doctors and institute I, I, I don't know I well I mean that's the day I just walk out of the sport but you know it's it I just would be very very surprised because one of the interesting things is it doesn't take into it kind of assumes that women women would dope if they could afford it yeah I, I, it, and, and, it's it's actually kind of quite nasty isn't it <laughs> yeah but i also yeah. kind of think that i mean i think that there were riders who were around in the in the famous doping days who 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 did dope and probably you know they, i wouldn't be surprised enough you know, but i wouldn't be surprised if riders who are very young and you know in in i mean you know you hear about for example connie carpenter and the the allegations about connie carpenter as being part of that american olympic team that did lots of blood doping you know and and stuff and i've no idea i just i i just but 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 i can kind of imagine that there were riders who might have been done stuff when they were younger and then changed their mind because i think that when they're when you have teams who were so you know someone like ina yoko teutenberg they're so vociferous against it and 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 in a believable way because they saw that every time there's a man's doping scandal 
women's teams lost tons of money and also they're all like working really hard for it and oh my god you know what what the hell are you doing like I I, I, yeah but I also I do think and I I genuinely mean that the last part of that sentence is is critically important because it, it, it demonstrates exactly what we're talking about see doping is often looked at because it's a transgression it's a breach of the rules it's a breach of ethics it's a breach of you know, trust and, and all of that sort of stuff that it's often looked at in in terms of criminality and right and wrong and stuff like that. It's, it's not that kind of a problem. It's a cultural problem in terms yeah. of the culture that the sport builds for itself. And that's why the unless steps are taken now to protect it from that fate, to me, is the, the single most important phrase um, in in that paragraph, because that's precisely the point. The UCI needs to ensure from the ground up that everything that it does to grow the sport, which absolutely has to be a priority to build a sustainable sport, um, is is done with protecting that culture of strong anti-doping in mind. Not just paying lip service to it. Not just going, oh yeah, it hasn't been a problem. We'll address it if it comes up but actually proactively doing everything that they can to ensure that that culture that, that infected, you know, particularly men's racing and particularly through, you know, some of those terrible years in the 80s and 90s, um, and as we all know, continued into the 2000s and, and, you know, everyone's got a different year that they're willing to draw a line in the sand at. Um, you know, that's a cultural problem and we don't want that culture to, to gain even the smallest foothold. No, but don't you think, you see, I, I, I read that last sentence differently. So the idea, unless steps are now to protect it, kind of implies that, to me, that the women would dope if they could, if they had the money and they could get away with it. But basically, they're sitting around not doping now. And it doesn't actually talk about, it doesn't address the fact that, as with men's cycling, like we all know that even under the Lance Armstrong years, there were men who were passionate about not doping. You know, and who were trying to raise, who who tried to raise um, alarms and tried to talk about things and were, you know, and and, and had real problems with emergencies. So I don't believe that every, you know, I don't believe that every male cyclist is a doper. I don't believe that every male sprinter is a doper. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Tra- athletic sprinters are doper, you know, or every male swimmer is a doper. You know, I don't, I just don't believe it. But there's a really interesting thing that kind of almost talks about it, like you need to protect the participants from themselves rather than. I don't know, I would have phrased it as in terms of work with, you know, work with the clean cyclists and the, and the advocates of clean cycling culture to make sure that other things don't get a foothold. And this could just be semantics. And as I say, I come from a very specific background on writing reports, but I, I kind of feel like that's, that's where that, that's why I find this bit problematic. Yeah. Why, why, sorry, I wasn't quite clear on why that's problematic. Just because because they kind of imply this, this implication that this implication that we that someone has to protect the sport from the participants of the sport who'll dope given half a chance. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, well. Yeah, I guess that is us reading it differently. I mean, I think it's a, a reasonably subtle difference. Um, you know, maybe that's just opposite sides of the same coin to a certain extent, even. Yeah. 
I think also, I mean, but it, but it does come across, especially because it talks, I mean, especially, you know, as a woman, when you talk about protecting women, mm, you know, protecting yeah. women from themselves. And as you say, with the implications of let's not give them more money or they'll start doping. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. no, one, no one who makes that argument ever suggests paying the men less. I know, I know. It's interesting. Nor nor do they make that argument about, for example, Goldman Sachs or other Wall Street investment banks, you know, like this you wanna wanna weed out corruption, pay the fuckers less. Apparently that's the solution. So Yeah. Yeah. But then we come then we come to the last paragraph. The women's cycling has been poorly supported in past years, yep, and was given examples where riders in the sports have been exploited financially and even allegedly sexually. Now that to me is like, like if you if I said to you, Sarah, find me the four weirdest words joined together in in this report. I think I don't, I defy anyone to come up with a set of four words that's weirder than and even allegedly sexually. I, mean, I find it that's that one hell of a amazing. bomb to just that's one hell of a grenade to just and it's and it's tossed in as an aside and never referred to again. I know it's. I, I mean, and that's this is a, like what the fuck? Like I meant this. Like, because someone told me about it on Twitter. Like, like someone just said it. Uh, Mariska Tulka told me about. Just, just mentioned it in the context of a conversation with Christina Girl about blah blah blah. And she said, "And I'm like, what the fuck?" So the first thing I did was, you know, go and Google search. No, you know, what? Yeah. What am I reading? I now. Uh, now, going back to your previous point about recommendations, how the fuck is there not the world's biggest footnote right there going, needs a we separate recommend... report of its own? Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to say that there's something... There's some, now, I've written about this before, and I think there's something about... Everything we're going to say about women, I think it's very interesting that it comes up in the context of the women's side because it's great... Uh, it's an awful thing. It's great that it's being talked about because it doesn't often get talked about. But I think what's very interesting is this is the sort of thing, exploitation financially and sexually, is stuff that we talk about in the women's side and is never, never, never spoken of the men's side, yeah? Yeah. And I look at things like, for example, boy bands, you know, history of boy bands and stuff like that. And, you know, all sorts of other dodgy people. I think that there's, you know, I think that the the... the, the I want to start this by saying, actually, I think it's good that we can talk about it. Do you know what I mean? I think it's good that we should talk about it because there's because I wonder about you know young young lads in in pro conti teams and conti teams who who equally don't get paid, but no one ever you know there's only a couple of people who ever talk about that. Yeah, because they you know because the stakes are so much higher. If a woman doesn't get paid, she can you know they they they, they tend to have to be quiet about it too but then people will be loud about it later because it's not like oh well i'm going to lose my you know i'm going to lose my chance at being a mega bucks mega bucks yeah, person yeah. do you know what i mean but there's also something that we've got about uh about culture you know and and things that are allowed that you're allowed to say as a woman so you're allowed to talk about for example eating disorders you're allowed you know you're allowed to talk about sexual abuse and stuff because we've built that you know because that's been built that culture and, and stuff that men aren't allowed to admit because it makes them vulnerable and i'm not saying this but in some aspects of culture perceived as less manly mm. you know yeah so yeah, exploited just... financially and sexually well financially we all know don't we there's you know there's a study in mexico Farron, i think still hasn't paid their riders from last year um and, and has had difficulties paying their riders every year for <laughs> forever. Yeah. 
I mean, how many times was it Nicole Cook said she had to take four separate teams to court to get yeah, paid contracted like wages? Yeah, yeah. And these aren't these aren't like problems with oh, you know, cash flow problems. These are problems with I have given a twenty grand, a twenty thousand pound bond, euro bond to the UCI so that I can become a pro team, yeah, you know, become yeah. a UCI registered team, and I have given you a contract saying I will pay you these wages. You know, this isn't and, oh and, poor and teams. And have not paid you for seven months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, th- this isn't Opor teams, you know, this isn't like my sponsors suddenly pulled out and, and, and oh my God, we don't have the money. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right, because we've got this 20 grand that the UCI's got for us that we can ask to have that back so that we can pay our riders. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, this is, this is uh, just, you know, it's, it's just, it's people who... Well, it, <sighs> and is, I think... it is, you know, exploit is the right word. It's exploitation. Yeah, and actually I think putting financially and sexually together is is important because so say and and i want to really stress that i don't believe that this happens in all teams yeah and i believe Mm. it happens in a very specific subset of teams and it probably goes together but so for example you've got a team which for example you as a rider you're going to live in the team house because they're not going to pay you but they're going to provide you with a room in a team house which you're sharing with you know you're sharing a room and sharing a house with other people yeah and you're um, and you're racing, and you have to be. And there's a lot of pressure for you to toe the line because um, you know you only get the chance because you've you've picked this team. Because even though you know it's a very small team and it's a dodgy deal, and you've you know yeah. basically borrowed money, or maybe you've borrowed you know, or maybe your parents are giving you some money, or maybe you've worked all winter to fund yourself. You're kind of feeling like maybe I can get to race. And I can get spotted, and it's only for one year because I can get spotted, yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. And I can maybe maybe and I can one have of the bigger teams will notice me, and I can move over. Yeah. And but you know, you, it's a foot in the door. Yeah, but you don't want to make a fuss about about not being paid <laughs> because you because you know because if you make a fuss, you won't get the chance to ride, which means you won't get the chance to be seen, which means you know which 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 can put you back. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked yeah. about riders have talked about this for for, for years about yeah, you know that, the needs to toe the line. Yes, that 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 ease with which you can develop the reputation for being difficult. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, I, one one ride. I don't, still don't know if it's per, how public knowledge it is, but you know, the rider who went to the UCI to complain that she wasn't being paid, and the response was to have her bike taken away from her. Mm, mm. Her bike taken away from her in the run up to the worlds, yeah. and only getting lent a bike by um, by the Rochelle Gilmore team meant that she could. You know, that she could ride and do pretty well in the world that year. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) And, you know, she was lucky because she had a national team that was sending a squad into races so she could, you know, so she could race. Yeah. So, but all of those things, and especially when you add into that, you might be in a country far away from your home country. You might be... Um, speak in a language that you know language that you don't speak yep. um you you might be just you know neglect your your and if you're not being and, paid you well, haven't and, got the money to go home but you're also often quite young and so you're not necessarily experienced in dealing with employers and people about issues like this and yeah. it's awkward and uncomfortable and you can feel very very powerless as well yeah and you're not sure you're understanding it because maybe there's a language barrier and, mm. you know, so you can see why sexual exploitation would flourish in those situations as well. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, t- um, I take your point. I, I agree. I don't think that we're talking about, you know, um, yeah, a widespread systemic problem a la doping in men's road cycling in the 90s. Yeah. But that said, you, you know, this is an entirely appropriate and, and critically important area of, of concern for the UCI in that this sort of thing should, you know, is just as... Um, wildly damaging to the sport as a whole as doping could ever be. Yeah, you know? and, and it's, I mean, it's it's things like you know, and it and it can vary. I mean, like like there's, I mean, Brady O'Donnell had that blog about being an Italian team where, you know, where where the where the lead rider was was having an affair with the, with the um with the yeah. manager and yeah. and you know and kind of and kind of knowing that that made a difference to the team and you know you hear stories about about you know. From, from from disreputable teams about feeling pressured to like not you know anything from people making making sexual comments to to touching you inappropriate touching to to pressure to sleep with someone mm, that mm. that's like that's that's not that's that you can that's really hard it's really you know it's really hard and I think especially when you've got young girls who who maybe if you've been riding if you've been doing nothing but training and riding and stuff racing and stuff like that for while you're growing up. You, you you maybe don't you maybe aren't as literate in these sorts of things as, as other people I think as well you know they're, they're vulnerable people mm. which is why the solution is to have you know we've talked about this before but to have better to have some actual whistleblowing things so that if things happen to you if you're not sure you've got and this is why the internet is wonderful because I can imagine that in the olden days for example this probably happened to Italian to Australians a lot do you know what I mean like, yeah yeah people just say it's culturally appropriate for people to just keep smacking me on the ass and asking for a blowjob do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they because they people tell them that that's what happens in, in, in Italy or whatever <laughs> I I really don't know what that says about your view of Australians but worse no, than no, that no, no, I'm no, not no, entirely no, no, sure no. that it's no 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 i didn't mean that it happens in australia but it it happens it could happen to for example australians who are told that oh that's just the way we are in italy that's just how it is in italy and but i think now that you've got the internet i think that riders are able to be much more supportive of each other do you know what i mean so if you're an if you're if you're the internet literate generation with a peer group who's 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 in the same place and The t- and the money for the tech, because you know, I'm I'm sure if you're living in these crappy houses, it's not necessarily going to have the world's greatest Wi-Fi. But do you know what I mean? I kind of yeah, feel like at least your, now, if you've got your phone, then you've got a good chance that you can, you know, at least send a message to your friend who's on a different team or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. but at I, the same I, time, your your point about the technology, I think, is also entirely valid for the UCI. Like from a technological point of view, for them to set up not even a whistleblower, but like an anonymous um question and answer kind of spot where where someone can go okay so what do i do you, you know is this normal what what happens yeah, yeah. if you know or whatever yeah, they, they've, just, they've said they've yeah. said they won't be able to pay me this month but they'll pay me double next month yeah yeah how many <laughs> how many months do i go without pay before i actually report this you know or, or yeah, whatever yeah, exactly. yeah so the other thing that i think happens 
with sexual exploitation happens so we've got this relationship with the team and the other thing I think that happens is is the relationship with coaches and this has come up in every single sport yeah um you know it's it's come up in swimming and gymnastics and athletics well maybe not athletics but you know all sorts of things where you'll have a person who's a coach sexually exploiting their coachee yeah Mm -hmm. and um and in cycling we have some really bad stories. There's the Australian cycling coach Warwick Phillips, who his his victim s- stabbed him in revenge. Um, yeah, um, yeah, um, and 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 then when he, later on he went to join a local cycling club and they let him in and they were really the local cycling club were really surprised that people were pissed off. And Genevieve Johnson in the book uh, La Faire Johnson, she describes being beaten, sexually abused, and blackmailed by her formerly co- former former coach Andre Albert or Albert Albert Albert, who was the one who doped her. You know, so yeah. you have this situation. You can imagine this situation where people are fed drugs, and then they're threatened, and then they're blackmailed. That you know, well, if you don't do yeah. what I say, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the world that you're on drugs. Well, you know, because and, and you hear about you know things like that, like like. You know, again, while we're not suggesting it at all that it's widespread, it's common enough, uh, you know, globally and across all sports to be a recognisable, you know, dramatic theme. For example, you know, yeah. like there's plenty yeah. of plenty of stories and movies and books and things about the the ambitious coach who is so determined to force their protege to reach their potential that they'll do it by any means necessary, and yeah. and you know, often involving all sorts of complex and and brutal verbal and emotional manipulation and abuse and 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 so on. You know, it's it's. But you know, my my point being that when you've when you've got something that's a recognisable um, thematic element in fiction, then then there's clearly enough of it in reality that it's culturally you know um, yeah. relevant. But it's also predators, but also predators choosing something like sports coaching mm. as a way to get a very specific relationship. So British cycling, for example, has a ban on coaches having relationships like a romantic sexual relationships with their with their coaches yeah and this was something that in victoria pendleton's book she was very you know she said it caused her a lot of problems when she and her coach fell in love but i can kind of see why it should be because actually you can't you this is this is it should be like that because you just have to be so so careful especially when you've got we've got you know in, in britain you now have to have you know strong criminal records checks but you know criminal records checks can only um well, they can work catch people caught. who've already been caught. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, and and so so kind of having things like that, where actually you 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 denormalise the idea of having a, a relationship like a sexual mm. relationship like that when you're a young, you know, when you're it's it's a yeah. there are different. It's not that I think all coach rider. Yeah, it's, it's not that all those relationships are inappropriate, even, but that's exactly the point: is that they should be questioned because, you know, really I mean, it's, it's the same thing in in you know, I don't know about in the UK, but here it's like you you can't legislate against workplace, um, you know, office romances or whatever. But many many companies have policies where it's it's you know, greatly preferred that you don't embark on romantic relationships with your colleagues uh, because yeah. it, it, the risk of anything negative happening is is 
quite great. And um, yeah. and in most of those situations, if you do, you have to declare it and HR have to, you know, ensure that there's no opportunity, you know, like that you're from different departments or that there's not a direct hierarchical relationship and all sorts yeah. of stuff like that. Um to avoid exactly this kind of setup where yeah. someone with a great deal of influence over someone else's life doesn't have that opportunity. Yeah, and especially for something like British Cycling where the coaches aren't just coaching you to do your best. They're also, you know, making decisions about you being cut and being included in teams mm. and stuff like that. So the because that's the other thing about the power differential. And, you know, I mean, again, um, Tammy Thomas, the American cyclist, talks has talked openly about the combination of abuse and the pressure to dope. Yeah. At the same time, and I think that's that's something that's that's in there that because it's another it's another way of for fuckers to get you, isn't it? For for bastards to kind of get their claws into you. And mm. so I guess one of the th- one of the solutions to this is that again the UC we've talked about this before for the need for the UCI to really to change the way that we deal with people who are around the person who's doped yeah yeah so you know so when you find for example a 19 year old girl has been taking steroids you know and you 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 kind of look at who else is around her and what that relationship is like and yeah and And that the the investigation should be a bit more wide-ranging than just what drugs was it where did they get the drugs who who else was involved in the drugs we'll ignore everything else just show us the drugs yeah but also not even not even like you know you let the doctor i mean apart from these big you know the big big ferrari investigations the big puerto investigations and stuff generally when someone dotes you know when ricardo rico do i mean ricardo rico or do i mean the other one um was caught for the umpteenth time you know who's the person giving him the drugs where's it coming from and i'd actually say give the rider some um you know leeway for actually busting things but also not stopping and actually and this is why i think the countries where it's criminal where you actually end up launching a criminal investigation is a good thing because to 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 dope because it's almost like we're back in this situation where you know like you 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 know we we see it in um, recreational drugs don't we when where if you spend a lot of time prosecuting the the users and less time, you know, no, less time stopping the suppliers. All that means is the suppliers need a new market. Yeah, and which is readily available anyway. Um, and, mm. and but also, it's it's about the interconnectedness of things. You know, the world is messy and complicated, and and I think you know, realistically, we've we've all just got to accept that, and and therefore approach these things as as more complex and involved than just a, a cut and dried. Oh yeah. yeah, this guy gave him EPO, and therefore we'll prosecute these two people, and job done. You know, because yeah. exactly as you say, you know, you've got to understand the the thinking behind it, the the power dynamics of those relationships, and and all sorts of things. But uh, I go back to to my original point, um, which is simply that to me that is the most important sentence in the whole section. Um, those are significantly important things, and while there are legitimate concerns about the the risk of um, doping in the women's peloton increasing as the the sport you know becomes more financially um sustainable i i think at the same time the uci and the sport itself cannot afford to look away from the very real problems that are already here yeah 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 and also kind of work at realizing about that this is a solution also that you know so just because this has been mentioned on the women's side only 
doesn't mm. mean that it's not an issue for the men's side, you know, because I think, you know, the ability well, to the, the blackmail, obviously blackmail is a massive thing, isn't it? And if you've got someone who you're doping, you've got a black, you, you know, are mm. you, they're, they're, you know, you're not, you know, it, it's like sometimes they, people, someone once described, you know, said that they were sure that Ferrari would, um, Dr. Ferrari would, would give his dope to a, at a lower discount to women. <laughs> Oh, wow. but, you know, but um, yeah, because because he was an altruistic soul. But you know, you've got to kind of think the people who are making their money doing this sort of thing. I don't, you know, it's not like they're 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 not like all doing it for an altruistic reason because they want to see how fast someone can ride up the Alpe d'Huez, you know, and that's yeah. their life's goal to get someone to ride fast up the life Alpe d'Huez. If you know your life's goal is to make a lot of money, and you know, and so blackmail, you know, so you kind of wonder about the things that we're not told. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to talk briefly about that last line of this section. So the commission was told that managers were often from male cycling, yes, and were not of a quality to get a job in men's road cycling. That's interesting. I I I, I find that quite offensive on behalf of like the really good the really good um, DSs and the really good stuff. I mean, I think there's an issue with it. This does happen yeah, quite a lot, and yeah. especially I'd suggest with. <laughs> You know, you, not now, but you know, in the past, you've had people from USA Cycling and British Cycling who they were blatantly put in place with them actually saying, "Yeah, yeah, we're giving." You know, they don't. Yeah, know, they're giving, new to the, They're new to this. A couple of years in the in the team car um, as the DS for the women before we we advance them to the men. Yeah, <laughs> and the men's and yeah, and USA Cycling has particularly had in the past, um, not always, not in every year, but a problem of oh well, you know, you've done the women, now you get to do the under twenty three men, and if you're good at the under twenty three men, we can move you up to the real men. You know, to the yeah, real yeah. men. And I kind of feel like. Chris Moranhout in Rabobank, and I mean Ronnie Lauka in in um in in uh, in 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 Velocio Stram. I don't know. I just find that really that just really that sentence just that sub sentence that clause in the sentence really pissed me off. <laughs> well, like, look, honestly, that one that one didn't bother me so much because. Uh, I mean, I think I think we can all recognise where it comes from, um, but. I, I also think that in that regard, the sport is changing. I, I personally think it is part of the the moves that we've seen over the last few years um, as the uh, things are, are progressing, albeit glacially slow, um, yeah. progression towards more sustainability. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I take your point. I, I just, it, yeah, for some reason that one didn't get me as much as it got you. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is that they did actually say in the section on TUEs. Oh, can you remember what TUE means? Uh, Something exemption. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it? Temporary um, use, temporary use exemption, or something like so that. No, thera- therapeutic use exemption. That's what it is. So it's basically a um, it, you know, yeah, it's a doctor's note. Because, yeah. yeah, it's a doctor's I've, note. I've got and asthma, it's... so I can take this particular steroid for my asthma. Mm-mm. And they said that the, the commission also had the problem of abuse of TUEs also exists in women's cycling, where some riders would turn up at the race registration with an extensive folders of TUE related documentation. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? That's that's kind of like it exists in women's cycling, but that's because the rules are crap. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, that's not like riders. That's not right. I don't know. This well, is it, it, that's, it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic catch 22, isn't it? When so much is banned because of its performance enhancing abilities. Yeah. But by the same token, so much of this stuff 
is actually literally developed for medical purposes. So if you're if you have a medical condition, um, you, you're going to need it, and it, it is one of those. It's almost impossible to work out that system. Then, isn't it? Like, like, yeah. you know, the doctor says they got asthma. I'm not a doctor. How the fuck would I know? Um, yeah. Or, yeah, or, and it's and 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 there is actually there was actually some actual medical evidence just that said that riders do that the athletes that professional athletes do have a higher level of asthma than the general population which seems counterintuitive but i guess because they're performing on such ludicrous levels that it will push your that it's likely to push your well that and that's the thing i was going to say i think it's i think it's one of those um things that um the nature of elite sport is to push the the human body to the limits of what it can do Mm. And that invariably requires, rightly or wrongly, it just does require a certain level of breakage. Um, and and sometimes that's through a depressed immune system. You know, riders are more susceptible to illness um, and casual infection in some circumstances, particularly, mm. you know, after long, hard stage racing because um, the body's worn down and its defences aren't as strong as they would be if you are at peak fitness. Um, mm. and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of those, I do think it's interesting. I do think it's worth noting, but at the same time, I think that's a remarkably unhelpful comment in the context of a report because it provides no actual context to, you know, was this just a particularly sick writer who, who has overcome all sorts of adversity and yay, well, yes. It's, yeah. Well, especially it's, it's also interesting in the context of cycling. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not justifying TUE use, but I do think it's interesting in the context of women's cycling, where you have a lot of cyclists who were doing another sport before injury pushed them out of that sport. Yeah, and that's that's quite interesting too, because where do you draw that line? You know, if someone's taking yeah. a pain, you know, you had the issue of cortisone use in the men's in the men's side. You know, where where you know you can hear stories about guys being so so dazed they're just crashing all the time because they're just you know off their tits on cortisone. But then, but then where do you do it if someone's had a really bad you know I don't know shoulder shoulder injury and they're just you know, just just slamming the slamming the anti-inflammatory painkillers? Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so that's the CRRC. I mean, I guess we could have just had a long way by saying why the fuck has no one said what's happening next with this do you know what i mean i'd like i want to see i, I want to see what happens next out of that and it's such small bits and it's so easy to overlook i mean it's literally you could blink and you've missed it yeah. there's so much packed into that into that one section it's fantastic that it's being talked about but yeah 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 and yeah. and uh, i mean yeah uh, I mean, okay, so my first complaint was, yeah, only three paragraphs. But they, they did manage to jam a hell of a lot in there. So Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so, that's that's you know, I think I think that's kind of I think we've talked it through, haven't we? <laughs> Maybe it's we have time indeed. to move on quickly to some light and happiness. Yeah, light and happiness. Um, we have the next round of the Road World Cup on Sunday, Trofeo Binder, and we also have Ken Fivu- 
Pentwavelgam. Yes, indeed, indeed. So we've got the we've got the the climby, you know, um, always always exciting, always interesting World Cup, and we've also got the sprinty, cobbly, always exciting, always deathly, um, you know, classic style race as well. So yes. there's something for everyone coming up this Sunday. You know what? I am always going to love. Binder, it's one of my favourite, favourite races. It's not being shown live this year. Usually it's shown live or delayed, and that's sad. It makes me sad. But I'm I'm used to my World Cups being live now, Sarah. I know, isn't it weird? Can you just pick up your, your you know, red emergency telephone to Brian Cookson and tell him to sort this shit out? <laughs> he's, he's got till Sunday. Yeah, it's, so they basically start on Lake Maggiore in Varese province. It always rains. They basically ride from the lakes. Like, it's such a gorgeous start for a race because they all sign on overlooking the lake, mountains everywhere, gorgeousness. And then they ride one big loop um, out past Citiglio, and then they finish on four laps of a um, Citiglio, which has the climate Orino, which is a steep climb and has a really deathly steep descent. It's one of those descents where they basically strap mattresses to the corners. <laughs> Oh, and this Emma Poonies won it a couple of times, and it can be won again. It can be won in. It, it's it's one you have to be super tough to get to win this one. Yeah. Um, but it, so it's never ever been a bunch sprint uh, as as far as I'm, and not on this. No, not not on a course that ends with the arena climb and the laps. Yeah, it has been. You can end up with a sprint out of a small group, or you can end up with a solo win, or you can end up with a battle to the death between you know between a small group. But yeah, it's it's super super tough and yeah. gorgeous and stunning and are i'm you, so in love with this race are you do you have a pick in mind for this race or no well last year emma johansson won yeah of course emma johansson broke her collarbone yeah yeah look i i have to say uh, i mean I, I admit freely that this is probably you know a significant amount of wishful thinking but based on how they've been going i i just have to i reckon elisa longo borghini Oh, Elisa won this before, I think. Yeah. And she's and and that year she was the only non-Voss to win a World Cup. Well, and given um, how dominant we all have been so far this year, and the fact that they are riding incredibly strong team tactics, you know, I just I can't I can't look past that at the moment. You know what? I think there's a chance for both Wiggle and Bowles to win both races on the same day because they're both going to be having a team in Kent Revelgem and a team in Binder. Yeah, I reckon that one of them could win both races. Could win both races. Wow! But I am so interested in what what we're going to see of Orica now that without Emma Johansson, because that that changes everything. And I'm gutted for Emma because Emma is retiring from cycling after the Rio Olympics. Yeah, and what Emma wants to do is win the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Everyone wants to win the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Emma wants to win yes. the Ronda van Blanderen. She Emma just... she it's not just wants to I think she I think she actually kind of like in her soul needs to I th- I fear that she will actually cease to exist if she doesn't Oh so. my God, Emma, Emma Johansson. I mean, you know, she's she's adopted Flandrian. She's, you know, the, the the race goes through the town that she's lived in for ages. It's, you know, she loves this race. Everyone loves this race. It's not like she's unusual and wanted to win the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Because if you ask a, a you know, the average rider, he said, "Hey, what race would you most like to win?" Flanders. Why are you even <laughs> asking me? Holy fuck, Flanders. Do you think I'm stupid? Oh my God. 
but yeah, um, it's it's um, yeah. Looking down there, Brenda van Vlaanderen has it, it tends to get won by Dutch Dutch riders or Germans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh, I would love to see Lisa Brenauer win Brenda van Vlaanderen as well. And and actually, Judith Arndt and Ellen van Dyke have both won it. So yeah. Oh, oh, right, so oh I'm so excited just, about Flanders. Just your classic of everyone. Yeah, basically, but yeah. we also have so so Hentwe Belgem. Um, it's not Hentwe Belgem. It's not as even though it's the famous race. If you watch men's cycling, you know about women. You know, you think, oh well, that'll be it. It's only been raced three times. Yeah. Uh, it's a one point two category race. It's 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 obviously it's tough and strong, and obviously you have to be really good to win it. But it's not. But I, you know, the race of the weekend is Binder with Hint with Elgem as a really good Flanders warm-up. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, um, I mean, it's exactly what you think. It, you know, it's it's um, twisty, cobbly, climby, Hilly. you know, um, awesome, awesome race. And it will be a lot of fun. Yeah, and at the same time, we also have the Paracycling Track World Champs, which are finally running. And apparently, um, Jody Cundy, was, he was telling me on Twitter that apparently they've, they've got great Twitter um uh, work, work going on there from the Dutch because it's Napoldoorn in the Netherlands and I think all the, the Dutch are so good at this sort of thing they are so so good they love their paracyclists they're really they're really super you know they're, they're really really into it so the Twitter account is WK Paracycling 2015 and apparently Jody said they were actually streaming tweets from that account on the scoreboard while oh, wow. were training today oh so while they were so while they were training they could see, you know, obviously they're retweeting tweets from people. They're sure, putting sure. pictures up. They're they're tweeting things that good, you know. They're, they're, right. they're tweeting exciting so, so things about wanna, it. So if you want to tweet swear words at Jody, that's the way to do it, huh? <laughs> I just think that's lovely. It must be so because the paracyclists. We talked about this before. Like last year there was supposed to be live video, but the video mysteriously got lost and damaged, and we couldn't see any video. And and people who did video it were who did put video up were asked to take it down because there was going to be video. And then apparently the video was too corrupted to show, and it was really disappointing because they, um, yeah, it's it's yeah it's you know mm. you know you know so it, <laughs> it i'm just really happy for them that they're being you know that they're being treated i mean that's even better than the, that's even better than the able-bodied cyclist but imagine there you are you're a rider you've worked really hard to get there and you know that the world's watching you, you know that people are watching you and you're being celebrated and, yeah. and people are yeah. listening that's just great and it's going to be streamed live on sunday live on sunday and with with highlights of the other parts of the races so i'll put links of how to watch that on our blog prowomenscycling.com and of course you can follow us on twitter which is the best place to follow everything <laughs> it certainly is when it comes to women's cycling you can find sarah at at underscore pigeons underscore um, and also a big thank you to uh, Sarah's uh, Patreon supporters who uh, helped to to keep her in um, cups of tea and warm slippers as um, <laughs> as she writes all this content. If if you'd also like to join the uh, the ever growing legion of of uh, very smart, good looking, brilliant people who support her, um, do check out her Patreon page. 
Yeah, tons of people give me like $2 a month or $3 a month or, or whatever. And seriously, just give me $2 a month is amazing because it all adds up and it makes me so happy. And you're wonderful. And yes. I thank you from, yes. the bottom of my, from the bottom of my heart. Um, if you want to talk to Dan, he's at DanWOfficial on Twitter. And of course, you can hit us up on ProWomenCycling.com or ProWomenCycling at gmail.com. So many dot coms. So um, next week we will tell you all about what happened in Bindo and Gentwerelgem and we'll also tell you about Flanders 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 mm, Cobbles Oh, <laughs> so exciting Have a lovely time, thank you for listening Thank you for putting up with us ranting even more than normal and we love you very much Well, you know, Sarah loves you I think you're alright 